Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, welcome to the Transformation for Success radio show, and I want to give a big shout out to all my international, national, and local listeners, and greetings to my West Day family. We're broadcasting live, and the show is syndicated on the Empowerment and Business channels. We're also syndicated on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And you can also access the show on your smart home devices. So share with your friends and colleagues and let them know that they can listen. And if you enjoy the show, give me a holler be my, via my email, info at transformationforsuccess.com, or you can Skype me at Dr. Period Barbara Young with your comments, suggestions, and feedback, because I'd love to hear from you, and keep those emails coming. Also, don't forget, check out my television online network, Transformation Success TV, on voiceamericatv.com. There are new shows coming up in the month of February and March, and you can access and view them online. Well, can you believe it's February 4th and already we are in the second month of the new decade? Well, I want to ask you a few questions. Are you accomplishing some of your goals so far that you set for the new year? Are you dreaming of success and you're impatient because it's not happening yet? Well, we have a lineup of guests this month that's going to get you motivated with time-tested principles of success. So be patient, hang in there, don't give up because you will have a breakthrough in 2020. So stay tuned as you're going to hear the story of Charlene Jones, also known as Charlie, who had an incredible breakthrough to achieve her goals to become an international radio talk show host, copy editor, ESL instructor, and actress. And there's more. More importantly, she's going to share how hailing from Los Angeles, California, she landed an astonishing career in radio and voiceover talent in Korea, China, and Japan. It's an incredible journey that she will share about her adventures and making history by becoming the first woman of color to have her own radio show on prime time in Japan. You can call in the show to ask questions of Charlie at 1-888-941-9141. Or you can email your questions or comments to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, if you missed the show again, you can visit and listen via our syndicated podcasting platforms, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Invite again and share with your friends. Encourage them to listen in each week to catch the Transformation for Success shows with Dr. B. Now, help me introduce my guest today, Miss Charlene Charlie Jones. Hi, Charlie. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello, Dr. Young. How are you? It's so I'm great. great to be I'm great, on and I'm show. so happy. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. And more importantly, I'm happy that I can speak uh, without coughing because <laughs> I've had quite a Been little. Been there and done that. <laughs> you sound great. Spell. 
but I'm a trooper and so are you and it's pleasant. You know, it's such a wonderful opportunity to be able to interview another radio talk show host. <laughs> You've had quite a journey, uh, Charlie, and I'd like for you to share with my listeners uh, some of your early background and just who is Charlene Jones and how did you get started? I'm so fascinated. I can't wait. <laughs> You know, and thank you for asking because you're a part of my journey. You know, I hail from Berkeley, California. Uh, I had a wonderful, fantastic uh, community, a village of people who helped to educate me and to help me to become the woman that I am today. And as far as journalism is concerned, oh my God, you're an international media personality and speaker yourself, a life coach, a radio personality. And I grew up listening to... Um, radio personalities such as Ricky Stevenson, who is now in China, but she held from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, also yourself, um, Dr. Maya Angelou, uh, who used to come to my grade school and give poetry lessons. <laughs> is that amazing? Wow, that One of my first poems amazing. called How Do I Love Myself, uh, I wrote that in the fifth grade, and Dr. Maya Angelou asked if she could keep that for an anthology of hers, I believe. It was fantastic. So I've had a wealth of information and a wealth of strong, beautiful people around me, and women as well. Uh, And those are, to name a few, I mean, there's also Opal Palmer Adisa um, and uh, Adila Barnes, who is fantastic actress and um, mentor. These are just some of the names that uh, I have had in my life who have aided and assisted me along my journey, and it's been fantastic. I think that's wonderful, and I and I know we'll talk about this later, how you're carrying the ball by continuing to mentor youth and to help them along their way. One of the things that intrigues me, though, you know, you wrote this poem when you were in the fifth grade. Did you yes. always know that you wanted to be in media? Or I mean, did you have, like, something within you that knew you had a calling for something greater? <laughs> A big mouth. (laughs) Always a need to speak my piece. It has done well for me, but as a child, it didn't always fare me well. Um, I didn't get good grades in citizenship because I was always expressing myself. Outside of that, I had great grades, but uh, I was always happy and free in my skin. And luckily enough for me, I had parents who were okay with that. They allowed me to express myself to a certain extent as long as I wasn't being, you know, disrespectful or disruptive in that manner. But I was given plays and speaking and organizing the people in my community, my classmates, um, at a very early age. Um, Being a redhead by birth, fourth generation, uh, I had a crown of fire. My mother was a redhead. My great-grandfather was a redhead, uh, green eyes. So that wasn't um, anything that was new or different in my lineage because I come from a Creole lineage. But it was to others who see a black child with flaming red hair. So I was front and center my whole life. But that is not what it was. What it was was my own desire to be me to express my little self, and to be able to be seen and heard. And, you know, most children are told to be seen but not to be heard, to tone down their light. I was encouraged to be myself, and that, I believe, is key to my being able to overcome a lot of things that I've overcome in my life and to be able to be who I am in my life. And I'm still a book unfolding. My chapters have not been written yet, some but not all. 
Well, I think it's wonderful that you had such a warm, <coughs> excuse me, growing up an environment which was supportive, because not many people can really say that. Were there some early challenges, um, even though you had this warm environment? What sort of challenges did you have to face, you know, as this t- obviously talented child, but more importantly, you've got red hair, too, to boot. So, yeah, and you- one of the ones that most people would find hard to believe is speech. I went to speech classes when I was um, probably from the first through to the third grade because my ear hurt differently. And I know that may sound crazy to the listeners who are listening unless they have that issue as well. My R's were different. I mean, there were people in my family on my father's side who spoke French, you know, Creole. Um, I didn't pick up the language, but I would say my words a little bit differently. And that was seen as a problem. So I, they thought I had hearing problems as a child. So I would go to the hearing lab and listen and say words back. And now, you know, here I am on a global stage, national and global, being a speaker and having enunciation and pronunciation and teaching that as well. So I had to overcome that. But what was really kind of upsetting and frightening for me as a child, is that was a label. I didn't feel that I had any uh, handicaps or that how I spoke mm-hmm. was different. Or what I heard in my household was not the proper speech. I thought what I heard was fine, and it was. But to the outsider, my tuning, my speech needed fine tuning. Therefore, they went by way of my hearing and for me to have speech classes. Well, it must have helped. But as a child, it was um, not so easy having that label. The red hair, oh my, (laughs) that was everybody else's problem but not mine. But that was a concern, having to step outside of my classes from the first through to, I would say, the fourth grade and go to labs for hearing and speech. And I did that. And ironically enough, when I came to California, to Berkeley, that was no longer an issue. I excelled, uh, even took classes uh, at Cal Berkeley uh, in high potential, children who they thought had high potential. I went to the University of California with a group of students from my school um, to have these high potential sessions because we did things a little bit differently like math and science, uh, finding ways to work out problems that were not necessarily the norm and still come up with the right answers. So I've had my trials and tribulations at an early age. But when you look back, though, um, when um, I took note, you had speech classes and, uh, yes. to really go to our hearing lab. But when you look back in retrospect, did you see how that was formulating what you're doing today and how you became so successful because you have that personality and you have the speech where you're going to be using your voice and using the language? <laughs> God has a plan, Dr. Young. God yes. has a plan. Even if it doesn't humor. make sense to you at a certain time, God knows. So he must have known, no doubt, and put me well, on the right path with the right people. Well, did you think, though, you know, even as a teenager and you're doing all of this high proficiency, high potential sessions at Berkeley, um, that you would become an actress and more importantly, travel across the waters to, to Asia to become an actress and a radio talk show host. So tell me how did that journey start um, about your, and recognizing your talent? How did you start? Well, that? a lot of it comes from, it comes from education. Um, when you have a child that's full of energy, uh, that 
doesn't seem to sit still, is running all over the place. That was me. I needed to be doing things. So my parents kept me with books, uh, Reader's Digest for Children, uh, Children's Encyclopedia, um, uh, Dr. Seuss books. So those books kept me interested, and through those books, I would go places um, and think about places. And traveling, I had a globe in my room, uh, maps, where I could see different countries. And I used to ask my parents, what's it like in China? And they would say, we don't live in China, dear. Study about it. What do they eat in this country? What do they do in China? That was one of my things when I was younger. So I knew at an early age that I wanted to travel I just didn't know that I would. Now, as far as acting is concerned, I was doing plays when I was five and six years old for the community. (laughs) You know, I would charge a quarter, 50 cents, (laughs) for my relatives to see the show. I would incorporate (laughs) my cousins and my little friends to do shows with me. And then, as I became older, uh, I took uh, dance classes and theater classes in school. Uh, But really, at first, a lot of people thought I would have a journey in uh, athletics. I was very fast as a child. I was recruited by Willie White, um, who's a famous coach for Olympians, to run track. And I ran for Berkeley East Bay track uh, under the guidance of Willie White for a couple of years. But I wasn't disciplined enough to do that. And really, I didn't want to do it after a period of time. But um, I have always been athletic. But where school was concerned, I was introduced to singing and dancing and having an opportunity as a song girl. I was a song girl for Berkeley High School, a very prestigious uh, young set of women who were doing advanced dances far beyond their time because we had great teachers and coaches. So those elements of art and creativity have always been in my school system through Berkeley and school system of Berkeley that have enabled me to have a platform in which to grow. So I I really got very lucky that my parents moved to Berkeley and put me in the best school system around at that time. Mm -hmm. Well, I know um, from us sharing offline that your journey um, started in 2001 and you answered an ad in the Hollywood <laughs> Reporter for an audition, <laughs> Charlie. What inspired you to do that? I mean, because you you know you've been singing, you've been dancing, you, you you sort of you know honed in on your craft. What made you start? What made you answer that ad for, for an audition for a Japanese performing art academy in Japan? And thus the transformation began. <laughs> I was happy. Where I was doing what I was doing, I was managing the Hollywood Improv, the world-famous Hollywood Improv in Hollywood, California. Um, I was a day manager, and I had all types of wonderful comedians who are very, you know, famous now around me all the time, from Ken Jeong to uh, Mark Curry to so many others, Sarah Silverman, to name a few. Uh, And... My life was comedy all the time, being in that environment. But I was also an artist. And at the time, the Dutchman, um, Amiri Baraka's play, The Dutchman, was being um, held there, a two-person cast, and uh, they needed an opening act. So they had all these opening acts for the beginning of that show. And they didn't know I was an artist. And so one day they said, oh, we need a really good opening act, maybe poetry. And I heard the word poetry. I'm a poet and a spoken word artist. And I said, I, I, I'd, I'd like to try out. And they were like, okay. 
so I try it out. Well, long story short with that, my opening act for The Dutchman went on that show to win five Los Angeles Theater Awards, and then 2000, 2001, that was unprecedented. And uh, I was spotlighted, uh, Hollywood and Reporter, uh, the Los Angeles Times. I had write-ups everywhere, and a lot of people came to see me. And I ended up getting into Larry Moss's class. And for those who don't know, Larry Moss is one of the most prolific coaches uh, for theater, I think, in the world. And it's mainly a two-week, I mean, a two-year waiting list to get on to his class if you're accepted. Long story short, I was accepted. Now, back well. to... Back to the issue of the Hollywood Reporter. So here I am reading in the Hollywood Reporter. I had done the show. Uh, there were a lot of shows that were coming up. And so I always stayed with the Hollywood Reporter. It was a part of my job, keeping uh, in tune with what was going on. And okay, I saw Charlotte, that. I'm going to stop yeah. you right there because we're going to take yeah. a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back because we want to get oh. more into this history of the Hollywood Improv and the Hollywood Reporter. So we'll be right back with my guest, Charlene Jones. So stay tuned, listeners. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my absolutely thrilling story of transformation with Charlene Jones, the international radio host and performing artist. Listen, Charlene, you got me standing and everybody's probably waiting with bated breath to hear how... You answered this ad in The Hollywood Reporter, and you got an audition. So tell us what happened. Well, you know, actually, I had been uh, kind of foreseeing this because my spiritualist, and I do have a spiritualist, said, hey, one day something's going to come, and you're going to travel internationally, and it's going to be great for you. That was in a nutshell. I never questioned that. But then the ad in The Hollywood Reporter was to look for a teacher that had music, dance, and theater with English as a base, for a new school that was in Nagoya, Japan. And I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. But my life at the Improv was going well. I mean, I was doing shows with Ken Jeong. I, you know, I was at the Hollywood Improv. I was in Larry Moss's class. Um, I was looking at so many other projects that were really 
great for my career, but something was leading me to it, so I decided to answer it, and on the day in which I made the call, that was the fate in the beginning of a transformation. Sho Kuzugi, who is a director and actor from the 1950s, who bought the martial arts form of ninja and combat art for television, as we see it now, to America. He is a prodigal son of Japan. He's quite famous as a director. He's done many movies. And I thought, oh, well, this, this sounds promising. So I answered the ad, and Show picked up the phone and said, can you come in tomorrow for an interview? And I thought, sure. If you're an artist, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So I had already had my reels done, my pictures, my bio. That was already at hand. So I go for the interview. Uh, I meet Sho Kuzugi, and then there it was. So many of his movies, and he had an office, still does in Hollywood, uh, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. On the fifth floor, I go into this wonderful office, and there's all of these pictures on the wall and these posters of his movies three or four of them, which I loved, and I was so excited about that. This is why people have to be their authentic self. Don't hold back. Be you. Because I was all over the place. I was like, I love that one. I saw that one. You did that one. Oh, no, you didn't do that. Oh, I love this. And the man was just watching me jump around. But what I would come to find out later, it was my energy and my ability to be myself. I had no idea at the time that I would be asked to teach children and young adults music, dance, and theater, and they were looking for someone. So a long story short, it was a three-month interview. We started with about 45 applicants who all wanted the same. I, I had to submit uh, a dance routine. I had to submit um, a music um, demo. Um, and then uh, the field went down. After the interview, the field shortened to maybe 20. Then after the dance, the field shortened again to maybe 10. And so after three months, my mother was like, girl, I ain't going to call you. This is so crazy. Who has a three-month interview? I was like, mom, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. So on the last interview after the three months, there were three of us left for one point slot that would change our lives. And I had been told, this opportunity will change your life. But, you know, I cheer for everyone. I didn't go in pompous. I saluted everyone. I cheered for everyone. And I was hopeful. So at the end, um, I ended up getting the opportunity to go to Nagoya, Japan, and teach music, theater, and dance with English as a foundation. Uh, and it was fantastic, but it was the first time in my life that I lived outside of the country, and then I had to be responsible for myself first and foremost to get things right, meaning look after my health, um, be responsible and on time because I had impressionable minds depending on me. Uh, my students range from the age of one years of age, believe it or not, to my college students. And myself and one other American were responsible for uh, a play that took place at the Aichi Theater. It was a three-camera shoot with this superstar. And I was an American girl there representing America, representing myself, and representing my ethnicity and my nationality. And all of this happened right at 9-11. So to be responsible in that manner because others were looking for me to get things right, 
I had to really soul search and make sure that I was on point. I took care of my health. I didn't stress my voice. I learned more about breathing. I learned more about transcendental meditation uh, and more about myself as a person so that I could be the best to my students. And I started to change. And I wanted that change because I needed it. I want to take you back, though, for the listeners. Because one of of the things that... um, just sort of resonated with me is that it was a process. Uh, let's go Definitely back a process. to the, the audition process. And I think that's a that's a good segue here because many people would not have, like your mother was, you know, even agreeing, take three months of dancing and singing and acting and interviews. I'm not sure how many people can resonate with that. And then you've got 45 people, then it's narrowed to yeah. three but three months, and then there was only you. You have yes. that contract. You, you, you. What, what do you think was the most incredible, or I would say the most, I think, uh, out of all of this experience, what would you say was the most successful thing that you did to endure a three-month audition project process? Be humble, be honored, and be grateful for the opportunity first and foremost. Then believe that what it is that you see and feel that you can achieve it. That was key. I I'm, knew I'm in my heart of hearts that it was for me before I even got yeah. it. I knew I it was mine. I'm telling Charlene, you. you had I perseverance. Knew. You had P, yeah. perseverance. <laughs> yes. That's what resonated with me right off the bat. I wonder, and the reason I wanted to say that because <laughs> it's not easy. Sure, you were humble. Sure, you were grateful, but you had to have perseverance. Something that what, what I'm, and I'm trying to get that across to the listeners who may be knowing that there's something that you want to achieve, and it's not going to be easy. No, it's going you to do take have to have perseverance, work. but Doctor Young, you also have to have the faith that Absolutely. it will come there to be. There you go. Right. Right. Those are, those are the, the things. Fuel. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that was intriguing also, that when you, when you went to live and you were teaching in Nagawa, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Nagawa, uh, Nagawa, uh, f- for a one-year contract. Some people just say Nagoya. Mm-hmm. Nagoya? Is it right? Okay. Nagoya. Nagoya. You were there for one year and it turned into three point, three and a half years. And it changed your life. What happened that it changed your life? I woke up. (laughs) Okay. Plain and simple. You know, Los Angeles, you know, is my base. Uh, The San Francisco Bay Area, Berkeley, really is my home. Uh, I knew I wanted to travel. Um, I knew Japan would be good for me because I was told that it would be. And when I got there, everything was falling into place. People, let me tell you, it's a true science, Dr. Young, how God works in your life. He will cross the T's and dot the dots. He will lay down the foundation when everything seems to be sinking for you to continue to stand. I didn't speak the language. I had never been there. You know, people were telling me all kinds of bad things before I went. They're like, oh, they're not going to like you there. Oh, well, black people aren't welcome. I heard all kinds of things, or you're going to get lost and what's going to happen to you there. But that's not why I went. I don't listen to what other people say. I heard them, but I didn't listen to them. So when I was in Japan, it was a spiritual quest for me. I slowed down 
in terms of how fast I was moving in my own head and heart and sense Mm -hmm. of being. Mm -hmm. I slowed down so I can really commune with nature. That may sound crazy to people, but it was so helpful for me. I spent time walking. I spent time listening. I spent time simply being with Charlene. And that gave me the opportunity to hear my own self and to be more in tune with the higher power and the higher self. And when you're in a country where there's a vortex of energy of people praying and chanting, you feel it. You get caught up in it. I remember the first time I was standing on a street corner. It was a beautiful day. It was in the summer. And all of a sudden, I thought, what is that? What, 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 what is the strange energy that I'm feeling? And I was looking around for this sensation. And a monk was next to me. And he said, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you experiencing? And I said, what, what is that energy? And he said, ah, you're in a vortex. We pray That energy is something that you have just piped into, but it's always around you. It's always with you. You're just now feeling it. Wow. I bet that blew you away. (laughs) It changed the game. (laughs) It changed the game. And I thought, what the? Really? He says, yes, you're awakening up. You're awake. Or you're awakening up. You're tapping into what's around you that's so beautiful. It's energy of love and light. That's what you're tapping into. So that country was a healing process for me. Sure, I was there for art and to teach art. But once I got more into the spiritual aspect of it and what it was doing to me and how I was transforming I knew I needed to stay longer, and I did, because it was really therapeutic for me spiritually and emotionally, uh, as well as physically, to be my higher self. And that was the gift of Japan. That's wonderful. Now, in Japan, you made history because you became the first person to have your own radio show on prime time. And how did you segue from teaching and then now you're in Japan? I mean, you know, you're in Japan, but you're now becoming the person to have your own radio show on prime time at that. Well, actually, in Japan, I was the first person, the first African-American to work with the superstar in his academies uh, Mm -hmm. in America in um, Japan, and he had three companies in Japan, in um, Osaka, in Nagoya, and in Tokyo, and I worked with those companies there, and I was the first. Having the first radio show and having to be the first African-American ever, that happened in Korea, so I want to make that clear. Oh, okay. That happened in Korea, but being the first for Shokuzuki, that opened the doors for other people because, and other people of color, because the year after me, another young man um, of color from Los Angeles also came to take a position. So being a first there was, uh, that was a humbling experience. I wasn't mistreated. I wasn't um, uh, shown. I wasn't uh, uh uh, treat it badly in any way. Oh, uh, sure, there were a few people who looked at me like, wow, look at her, because I had these long red braids <laughs> hanging on my back and being who I am. But for the most of it, I was told, oh, wow, you're beautiful. Oh, wow, I love your lip. Oh, I love your black style. So 
Japan was very comfortable for me to be in, uh, in terms of the wealth of love and camaraderie that I received from not just my students, but from the people of Japan. I was invited many places and shown many things that I'm sure I would not have been seen, wouldn't have been shown had I not been gracious and humble in my own state of being. And that was changing as well. That's great. So how did you um, get to all these different places and become so popular in all these countries with radio shows? And you had your own talk show um, that you started, Hello Korea, and on primetime radio. Yes. Well, you know, again, it goes to having a dream, Dr. Young. I dream that I wanted, I've always wanted to do more outside of the United States. You know, I'm a global person. I knew I wanted to travel, and Japan was the beginning. So to be there for a one-year contract that turned into three and a half, it helped to prep me and get me ready. Because really, if you're traveling, the same template applies to travel. If you do one, then you can certainly do the other. So I was okay with that. So I was looking for other opportunities where I could showcase my art as well. And so when I got the opportunity to go to South Korea, it was not for the arts. It was for ESL, for English as a Second Language. My community in Los Angeles said, oh, you should go. I lived in Koreatown. And you should aid and assist our people there with the gifts and skills that you have in teaching and in English and communication. My background being theater and communication. I actually had a triple degree at San Francisco State University, but that's another story. But all of that aided and assisted me from Japan to segue to South Korea. Now, in my first year there, I did teaching, but I was asked to be on the radio. But I couldn't take the job because my contract forbid me to do both. I was okay with that. People, to be humble and grateful for who you are and what God gives you and to be still is such a virtue. And I had to learn that. Japan set me up for that. So in my last month in South Korea, the radio opportunity came up at GFN. I knew then if I applied for it, I was in one week of leaving. I had my ticket in hand. I had the date to leave. And within that week, I had an interview. I went, I interviewed, and I said, God, if they're going to hire me, they got to do it today because in three days, I'm out of here. They've got to make me an offer today. That was my conversation with God. So I map-quested, got on a train in South Korea, went 200-plus miles down the road to Kwanju from Itiwan to a place that I had never been with my dream to do radio in South Korea. Well, here it is. I went in, uh, I auditioned, and um, I did my voice track. And at the end of that, um, the director, who's um, Young Kim, came in, and she straddled a chair, and she looked at me, and she said, Kid, you're it. We're going to go with you on the spot. God can and God will, but you've got to show up and show out each and every time. You have to have the faith and to know who you are and why you are and what your skills and your abilities are. And I went in with all power and glory, but I knew that I really wanted to have that job 
in radio. And I got that too. And then that set me up for China Radio International. (laughs) But if you're a good person and your skills speak for you, then in any place your reputation will proceed. But it sounds like there are a couple of things going for you and that you've shared today that I picked up before we go on break is that, one, you had a dream, you prepared yourself, you followed through, you had faith, you had perseverance. All of these things equate to being successful because you know who you are. Tapping into your spiritual energy and tapping into that in Japan is probably the breaking the, the breakthrough for you. And I hope the listeners, you've garnered information that you can take notes, and I hope you are taking notes, because I certainly did, on her journey. Now, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back. I have some questions I want to ask her more about her journey in these different countries. So stay with me. We'll be back with my guest, Miss Charlene Jones. Thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to my fascinating interview today with my guest, Miss Charlene Jones. And you know, China had a tagline for her, which was, China has a love Jones, Charlene Jones. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) China has a love Jones, and in the name of Charlene Jones. So you made definitely a mark with so many people in China, so many people in Korea and Japan. It's just been an incredible journey. 
And I appreciate, again, you sharing about your history, your your journey, your adventures, and most importantly, what you've learned and how you're sharing with my guests today. I thank, it, thank you so much. I have just an intriguing question, you know, Dr. Yeah. B, as usual. What was it like um, making friends uh, in different countries and trying to understand them and have them understand you? I've always wondered about that. It was easy. That was easy. Okay. (laughs) Because you simply have to be oneself. You know, I found that if you are who you are and if you are good in who you are, people will open their doors and their hearts to you. It's as simple as that. If you come negative, you're going to get negative. If you see things negatively, the glass half empty opposed to the glass half full, that's what you're going to get. If you go on a vacation you think, ah, it's not going to be a good vacation, well, you set yourself up for it. It's not going to be a good vacation. But whatever you do and whatever you see and it's positive, it's going to reflect that back to you. So when I have lived in these countries, I go with the understanding that who I am and what I am is enough. It's more than enough. And it will be perceived as such. And I've been very blessed that way. You know, you, you bring up a good point, too, though. Um, evidently, and obviously, starting from what you shared, you had a good sense of who you were before you even got over there in the country. You just, it just mm-hmm. got better refined. But th- my question, too, is would it be advisable for someone who doesn't have that sense of self to even be in China or to be in some of these countries as a female? Making a journey. Well, being female, you know, our platform is global. (laughs) It's anywhere Mm -hmm. we wish to be, you know. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend, you know, to answer that question, Dr. Young, is that it's not always easy for everyone. It was easy for me because I knew who I was at a very early age. You know, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. was par for the course. However, many people struggle with, you know, being shy or being, you know, uh, able to express themselves. So I would say to that, once you get to a foreign country, know the layout before you go. It's not enough just to journey. You have to research the journey before you go. Etiquette. Mm-hmm. Protocol, pros and cons. Don't just have a map of the terrain. Have an etiquette. Learn about the culture and the people that you're going to be immersed in. That's going to be a saving grace for anyone. Uh, and not to go there with any, any idiosyncrasies about or ideas of grandeur about what you think is going to be. Let it unfold as it is and be in that moment. But definitely do your homework prior to. I knew about these countries before I went. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't just yeah, jump you on mentioned the plane that. with a map yeah. and go. Yeah, that's great. I think that's good advice too. The other question I had was: Did you have any um, challenges as it related to your red hair? Because again, I mean, that's you know not the norm. And so here we are: we have an African American woman in these countries, and you've got this flaming red hair and the braids down your back. <laughs> did you have challenges with well, that? Well, the red hair challenges came from was it a the US of A. You know, I got challenged at home first and foremost about that. I mean, some things liked and some things disliked. I mean, when I was a child, you know, people used to try to part my hair to look at my roots to see if it was naturally red. Or they would say things to my mother that were very painful, like, isn't it a shame she dyed that child's hair? Things like that. So I was ready for the rodeo long before I got there. I knew about those hurdles. But in Japan and China and South Korea, 
it was just the fact that I was a black woman there who looked different than them who had all of this energy. Some saw it as being beautiful, most, but some were like, mm, why is she here? You know, I, let's keep it real. I got some of those looks. I had some challenges. Um, my first week in South Korea, well, in my radio show my first week, um, my writer quit because she said, I don't want to work with those people. Wow. She wouldn't write. So, you know, that show was not a live show like China Radio International. It was a broadcast show, so I would record five days' worth of shows in three days. And my writer said, I won't write her openings and her closings. No, I don't want to do it. So they told her, you're paid to do it. And that was my first hit of racism and hostility there. And I said, let her go. I can write my own openings and closings on the fly. Now, mind you, I would have anywhere from four to six scripts per day, 18 pages long, with guests. So I did my closings and my openings on the fly for about three months, and we did just fine. Well, do you think you that cannot too contributed? change people <laughs> in the way they think yeah, and feel right. about you, but you can change yourself. Yeah. You know, that was going to be my sort of my final question. If you were to give advice to aspiring um, young people or even those who are middle aged who want to become an aspiring radio host or a budding actress or poet because you've done that or writer, what would you say yeah. to them? I would say, first and foremost, uh, keep your dream alive, mm-hmm. stay positive, and if you have a plan, Let it be a plan. Research it. Uh, Educate yourself about the things that you have questions about. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a brand, then be strong with finding out more and researching who you are and what your brand is about. And then once you have a handle of that and you feel comfortable with that, then go out into the world and be that and do that. But it is something that one has to really have a burning desire to do, your heart has to be on fire for it. And then you have to have a plan and set that plan into motion and not have fear. Fear is an enabler. Fear will shut you down. And it's an illusion. Danger is very real, but fear isn't. If you walk through your fear, as I have on many occasions, you'll find the beauty and the blessings on the other side of it. I really want to thank you for that, Charlene. Keep your dream alive. Be positive. Have a plan. Educate yourself. What you don't know, find out what you don't know. Brand yourself. Go and be it and do it. I'm paraphrasing what she said. Have a passion. You must have a passion. You have a plan. And fear is only false evidence appearing well. Walk Amen and hallelujah. <laughs> that, those are the <laughs> critical elements <laughs> that you have shared. My grandmother used to say, Dr. Young, if you're going to show up, show up and show out. Be the <laughs> best that you can be or don't be at all. That stays with me. Well, this is a new day, a new journey for many of you listeners out there. It's 2020. It's a year of new ideas, new visions to have 2020 vision is a gift, and it's a gift from God. So he's given us the year 2020 to have a new vision and to make it happen. Charlene, Charlie Jones, I cannot thank you 
enough for being on the show today. You, you've been so transparent in sharing your heart. I want you at the end of the show, we have a few minutes left to share one of your poems because you're a great poet. We didn't talk very much. We have to have her back to talk about being this poet um, and a prolific writer. So would you like to share a line or two of your one of your great poems as we close the show? I will be honored to. And thank you again, Dr. Barbara Young, for having me on. I am honored. I am grateful, and I have always been inspired by you. You are one of my sheroes, and it is just a testament that what you put out to others, others are the ripple in the pond. They will continue to carry it on. And you have been an inspiration to myself and many for some time now, and I hope and I pray that you will continue to be that for generations to come. Thank you so very much for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you. And a couple of lines from one of your poems. Yeah, as we close the show. One of the first ones that I wrote is, I am love over various eternities. Yours, ours, us. And the acronyms break down to, I love you. I am life over various eternities. Yours, ours, us. And that is God. Oh, that is beautiful. I love you. Charlene, Charlie Jones, I want to thank you again. And I know, listeners, you have benefited from hearing Charlene Jones' story today with some of the success nuggets that she shared. And again, listeners, I want you to share with your friends. They can download this show, Transformation for Success, on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and your smart home devices. You can also access my Instagram account, at Dr. Barbara Young, and you go to my bio, and that will take you to the Voice America link for this show today and all of the shows that we have presented. So this is Dr. B signing off until next week. And I just, again, Charlie, want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It was certainly a pleasure pleasure. to have you share. I'm going to have have you back to share part two. Looks like we got a part two and part three. I would love to. (laughs) Anytime you wish to have me, I'm here. Thank you so very much, Dr. What's your next journey, where your next journey is going to take you? And so, um, listeners, we're going to have her back. And um, I definitely will have her back soon. And I, I have a very great guest next week coming too, Miss Ivanka Farabee, who has a remarkable story that she's going to share that will surely increase your faith. If you are facing or know of someone facing a serious health challenge, this is a show you will not want to miss. So I want to wish all of you out there a beautiful, beautiful day and a blessed week for all of you. And thank you for listening. This is Dr. Barbara Young, and I'm signing off. And be ye forever transformed. And know I love you. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.